And it looks like the demons have us right where they want us, and they're getting ready to squash us. That's how it always looks, as Joseph Pierce would tell you. Uh, Marco, it always looks like, like, like Christianity is losing the battles, but she never loses the war. And she's not going to lose this war either. She's not going to lose this war either. So especially today, today is the, day, the feast day of the holy name of Mary. There's a very good reason why. Today is the day that Jan Sobieski, Don John of Poland, Jan Sobieski, Jan Sobieski, and I forget the number. I want to say it was fifteen to 20,000 winged hussars. After having been called by Pope Innocent XI, back into service of the Holy League, or into the service of the Holy League, an appeal was made to the Poles, and Pope Innocent said, look, the Mohammedans are after you too. They ain't going to be happy with just taking Austria. They want all the Austro-Hungarian Empire. And then they're going for Rome. And they're going to cut the head of, of Innocent XI off. They're going to put it at the top of, uh, of a pike somewhere in St. Peter's Square. They're going to claim St. Peter's Cathedral as a house of Muhammad, and they're going to erect pull, or, or raise up the flagpole, a crescent flag, and take down the papal key flag. Well, the Polacks were having none of this. I think that this is probably the best thing that you, uh, that you can actually talk about here today. You know, if you look at some of the artwork, I actually wrote about this in today's Substack. And when you get a chance, you can read it later today. Um, uh, and one of the pictures, because people like him pictures that I uh, uh, put into the Substack is the, uh, well, Maggie can grab it, is uh, you, you, you'll see what the winged hussars look like, according to an artist's rendition of them. They were quite terrifying to the Mohammedans. And by the way, the Mohammedans were as filled with debauchery as the cult of death is filled with debauchery today. This is a pretty good real-world example of good conquering sexual and other deviant evil. Because those Mohammedans, there it is. You can see it in the chat room at crusadechannel.com forward slash chat. That's one artist uh, rendition. Get the other one of the uh, of the close-up of the horses to give people an idea of what they look like on their steeds. Remember at the time, in the 17th century, the Mohammedans, there's Sobieski, there he is, <clears throat> That's what the Mohammedans saw coming down a hill at them. You see it in the chat room at crusadechannel.com forward slash chat. The Mohammedans, the Turks, the Ottomans, were spread out all over Eastern Europe, Central and Eastern Europe, and had been for almost a millennia. By this time, well, uh, six, uh, 750 years, had made a practice of ransacking Christian villages 
impressing the men into slavery, the ones that they didn't kill in direct battle, impressing the women into being second, third, fourth, fifth wives, because they're allowed to have as many as they want or just outright sex slaves, and then capturing the children. Some of the children they would kill, the boys they would capture, and they would send them to military training camps. And they would train them from, from the time that they were boys, young boys, until they were young men in the arts of war. These are called Jana, and they called them Janissaries. Well, Ali Mustafa, who was the Persian, or the, not the Persian, the, uh, the Ottoman sultan at the time, had 300,000 men teed up and ready to go and march on Europe. And they were going to kill everything that got in between them. You know, you know, on the eve of this battle, Mustafa Muhammad, who was the head, who was the general in charge of the 120,000 forces that had encircled Vienna, sent a letter to Ali, uh, to King Leopold. That letter is still extant. You can still read it. In the letter, he said, when I get inside the gates, I'm going to come and find you. And in front of your wife and your daughters, I'm going to chop your head off. Uh, or, or no, in front of you, I'm going to capture you. And then in front of you, I'm going to sodomize your wife and your daughter and treat them like a dog. And then I'm going to kill you. And then I'm going to kill them. And then I'm going to do the same thing to every Christian town and village I get to. And I'm going all the way to Rome. And I'm going to kill the Pope and do the same thing to him. You know, there was a movie that was made about this. Uh, F. Murray, uh, 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 F. Murray Abraham's in it. I want to say it was called The Siege. And it tells the story of a very holy monk who was brought to Vienna right before the siege began and told King Leopold, look, dude, if you want to be spared, you need to tell everyone in this town to pray rosaries and fast. <laughs> if you if you don't want the Mohammedans to come in here and cut your head off and rape your wife, tell everyone they need to, to, to pray rosaries and fast. And Pope Innocent XI had, had, had done similar things, had encouraged similar things. In 1683, the forces of the Holy League, this is from Brother Andre Marie's Catholicism.org, and I quote it in today's substack. TheKingDudes.substack.com. Under Poland's King Jan Sobieski, Randley defeated the Mohammedan invaders at the Battle of Vienna. Here's a brief retelling of that triumphant occasion by Gary Potter. Fortuitously, the Pope of the day, Innocent XI, had just brokered an alliance between the Holy Roman Empire and the King of Poland, which was also menaced by the Mohammedans. When it became known that no fewer than 300,000 Turks were advancing on the imperial capital, Pope Innocent ordered that rosaries be recited in the religious houses and churches of Rome. The same prayers of supplication were offered throughout the empire. Still, the situation was so dangerous that the imperial court left Vienna for Passau and took refuge there. Meantime, there were special devotions at the Capuchin Church in Vienna to Our Lady Help of Christians whose famous picture hangs there. It would become the symbol of the victory over the Turks by Poland's king, Jan Sobieski, when he arrived on the scene after a series of forced marches from Szczytowa. 
The Polish army hit the numerically superior Turkish force with their surprise attacks so hard the Turks panicked. They did not simply withdraw from the walls of Vienna. They fled. More to the point, in thanksgiving for the help given by the Mother of God for the victory at Vienna, which was won on her feast day, the 30th day after the Assumption, Pope Innocent extended the feast in honor of the holy name of Mary to the Universal Church. What isn't mentioned here is that Sobieski began the forced marches to Vienna from the shrine of Our Lady of Chestahoa, where he mounted his charger uh, on the Feast of the Assumption, 15 August 1683, to arrive in Vienna almost a month later. There were three occasions in the defense of Christendom against Islam in which Europe was saved by a John. John Hunyadi, the Hungarian king and the hero of the Battle of Belgrade, Don Juan of Austria, who led the Christian navies at the Battle of Lepanto, and Don John Sobieski, King of Poland. You know, there's actually four, brother, because Don John Lavalette, the headmaster of the Knights of St. John, saved Malta from a fleet of Mohammedans. Then, of course, there's Don John of Mar-a-Lago. There was a man sent from God whose name was John, <laughs> applying to the hero, that's from the Gospel of St. John, to the hero, the description of the Baptist from the prologue of St. John's Gospel. Continues. To continue the Catholic triumphalism, where's Brother Andre Marie for a moment, we'll cite this, the Wikipedia article on the battle itself. After 12 hours of fightings, uh, fighting, Sobieski's Polish force held the high ground on the right. At about 5 o'clock in the afternoon, after watching the ongoing infantry battle from the hills for the whole day, four cavalry groups, one of them Austrian-German, and the other three Polish, totaling 20,000 men, charged down the hills. The attack was led by the, by, by the Polish king in front of a spearhead of 3,000 heavily armed, winged Polish lancer hussars. This charge broke the lines of the Ottomans who were, who were tired from the long fight on two sides. In the confusion, the cavalry headed straight for the Ottoman camps, while the remaining Vienna garrison sallied out of its defenses and joined in the assault. The Ottoman army were tired and dispirited following the failure of both the sapping attempt and the brute force, uh, the, uh, uh, force assault of the city. And the arrival of the cavalry turned the tide of battle against them, sending them into retreat to the south and east. In less than three hours after the cavalry attacked, the Christian forces had won the battle and saved Vienna from capture. After the battle, Sobieski paraphrased Julius Caesar's famous quote by saying, "When Veni, vidi, Deus vincit. And he changed it to, I came, I saw, God conquered. Sobieski's heavy artillery in this battle was, as the article said, the winged Polish Lancer Hussars. This elite troops, these elite troops were Polish Lithuanian heavy lancers developed from an earlier Hungarian prototype. They were winged because they wore eagle feathers, a detail variously explained in different histories. When the Husaria, as they are known in Polish, went into battle, they customarily sang a Polish hymn. Now, this is interesting here. What hymn might the Poles have sang? 
They customarily sang a Polish hymn, the most ancient national anthem in the world. How do you say this, Cesary? Bogorodzic. Bogorodzic. Bogorodzica. Translate that into English, and that is Mother of God. A painting by Josef Brandt of Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth Forces, and then you can see the painting, it's in my substack today. Uh, what a tribute to P Catholic Poland, their national anthem, uh, was a hymn to the Mother of God. And now, I find that this is the most interesting part of the entire story. 